to Blast from the Arsenal. Hi everybody, how are you? Thank you for joining us on another episode of Blast from the Arsenal, your weekly podcast for all things Arsenal. I'm your host Angelo and joining me as always to discuss how Arsenal have managed to extend their imperious lead at the top of the league, the disciplinary league that is, is my co-host who's now known as the One Minute Man, it's Diddley. How are you Diddley? Good evening Angelo, I'm not sure how to take that, One Minute Man. (laughs) Well you know, uh, we we were contacted by several listeners saying, was that for real? Did Diddley only have a minute left on his phone last week? I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was for real. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, apologies for that. I'm I'm not exactly a tech wizard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> plugging in my phone um, just seems to be beyond me, Ange. Yeah, it's beneath you, mate. Literally beneath you. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think there could be worse uh, nicknames that you could be given than One Minute Man. Um, and I know what some of them are, so let's not go into them. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm aware as well, mate. Yeah, Don't worry so about that. It could be considered, uh, you know, offensive, but it's fine. It's fine. It's all in all in the name of love. Um, everything all right though, other than the obvious, which we'll come on to. Everything's fine, mate. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of quickly running out of hobbies. I've got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, stuff to do at the weekends. Um, There's only crochet yeah, knitting but... left for you, no? yeah i can't see me trying my hand at that but what about you i'm i'm all right yeah i'm all right i i'm living for the weekends at the moment you know get through work and then i've uh, got some time to myself and then you know by myself see me me the wife and my two dogs but uh even then it's just no offense to her but boring because there's nothing to do is there so <laughs> uh, i look forward to the football and when that cheers me up and we play well it's great uh but when it doesn't um it, you know you, you're on a real downer aren't you so we're gonna we're gonna have some fun in a moment, obviously, and then we'll get down to the nitty gritty and shitty of uh, the last two games. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm good, thank you, thank you. Good. Uh, quick one for our listeners. Now, whether you're new to the podcast or you've been listening for some time, please take a minute to subscribe, uh, and then that way you, you get a little notification to tell you when we've released a new episode. Uh, and of course, as we say, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram too. Diddly. What is the social media handle that they need to look for? At Blast Arsenal Pod. Same At every Blast week. Arsenal. It is the same every week. You're right. And do you know what? Actually, we never, ever take a minute to, um, I don't know, give ourselves a pat on the back. Thank our listeners. This is episode 26, you know, quarter of a century into the season because we've been doing these once a week since the season began. Or maybe even before the season began, actually. But either way, we're on a bit of a roll here. So thank you for sticking with us. And if you're new, welcome. All inclusive yeah. podcast. Greatly appreciate all the the questions we get every week from people, the interaction on Twitter, which is great. Um, yeah, love it. And, and as ever, as soon as we can, we are going to do a uh, a live podcast. Get some real time interaction, aren't we? Yeah, we'll discuss after today's show um, just when we're going to do that, uh, so we can sort of let you guys know in advance. And then you can all join the party, you know. Yeah, exactly. If you can make it on the day, great. And if you can't, you still get the beauty of listening to it in your own time. Uh, right. I'm, I'm boring myself when I say this uh, because I always say loads to get through. But uh, clearly there is, and I'm sure it's a hot topic for everyone's agenda, but we've got the transfer news uh, and deadline day updates to, to quickly run through. And then obviously we'll talk about the Man United 
and uh, the Wolves game, uh, controversy surrounding uh, VAR referees and, and all that uh, all that jazz. But as ever, as we do on this uh, podcast, we're going to start with Tweet of the Week. So, Diddley, go for it. Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week, Tweet of the Week. Oh, it's just, I love it. Every week, I just love it. Right, Tweet of the Week this week comes from Patience. That's his name, or her. He or she, patience, unless you identify something else, which is also fine in this day and age, uh, at XI Arteta. He or she says, I think Elneny is an extremely useful squad player. You can't have a team full of Galacticos. Please stop the constant trashing of our own players. Thanks. Hashtag come on you gunners and a football next to it. Which, you know, it's not a funny tweet. It's a very, very good point, though. You can't have... You know, a squad of 22, 25 absolute superstars. Uh, and that's not to underplay on any um, role in, in the squad. So uh, we chose right. that as Tweet of the Week. Diddley, what do you think? Yeah, well, I'm sorry for trashing him sometimes, occasionally. Uh, but yeah, you do need players like that, professionals that can come in and, you know, just do a little job, tidy up, keep it neat and uh, get you through to the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's his role at the moment. Uh, I don't think he's a starter, but yeah, he is a good player. Cedric's another one that's that's come in and, and sort of does a steady job, I think. Um, yeah, they, they, we've had too many prima donnas and, and looks like we're finally getting rid of them. Yes, we'll come on to clearing the deadwood and bad energy uh, in, in a moment uh, as a result of transfer deadline day. Um, but yeah, Elneny, and do you know what? Arteta said it before. He brings a good vibe to the squad. He's always encouraging people, even when he's not in the team. Um, you know, good, as I said before, good energy. That's what you want, isn't it? Good vibes only, I think the, the kids call it. So, uh, yeah, you can't underestimate uh, someone with positive energy, I don't think. No. Having them around you day in, day out, it's, uh, it can only benefit. It brings you, yeah, it brings you up when things are, are not going so great. So, uh, well done. That is your Tweet of the Week this week. Um, and as ever, if you interact with us on social media or you're following us or we're following you because we follow back all gooners, we will see your tweets and you may well end up being Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. <laughs> tweet of the Week. There you go. Now, I know what listeners, listeners must think that's pre-recorded because it's just on know, song every it's, time. Yeah, it just sounds the same every, yeah. every week. Don't yeah. It? yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's live. That is the professional that you are, Diddley. You know, you nail it mm. every time. Uh, other big news this week, which I'm sure Gunas will be loving, you know, loving, is... It's massive Hex- news. I'm surprised you didn't start with it. Oh, well, you yeah. know, I like to break them into the good stuff. It's uh, it, it, it's concerning Hector Bellerin. And for some of you, no, I'm sorry to say, he's not got a transfer away from the club. Uh, but he has transferred into H&M. He started his own fashion label with H&M, hasn't he? Uh, I think it's uh, just um, sort of he's designed the range for H&M. Yeah. It looks like. Uh, yeah. It, it looks pretty. Um, what's the word Bellerin. I'm looking for? <laughs> looks very Bellerin or is it? Minimal. Minimalistic. OK. Yeah. It's uh, apparently it's a little bit inspired by Chandler Bing's fashion from Friends back in the day. Yeah. What cardigans with no with no sleeves? <laughs> so that's sort of... <laughs> yeah, stuff like that, and a lot of beige. Yeah, okay. Could it be any more Bellerin? I mean, I'm starting to wonder if it. <laughs> yeah, did you see what I did there? Love a bit of friends. Very good. Yeah, thank You're you. You're the Moen El Nini of the podcast, and thanks, mate. Positive vibes. <laughs> 
no quality, but good vibes only. I'll take that. I'll take that. So yeah, get that to H and M and buy some Hector Bellerin designed clothes if that's your bag. Will you be getting any? I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, well, no, you know what? I'm, that, that's so rude. I'm going to reserve judgment until I see it. I've not seen, you know, not seen what he's putting out. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like first. I'm a Friends fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. Am I an Arsenal Friends collaboration H&M fan? Time will tell when we do a live we do a live episode on YouTube and everywhere else. You might see. And I'll be head to toe in it, no doubt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are a, a Bellerin fanboy, so it's quite possible you'll be funding his uh, his new hobby. Uh, so yeah, big news this week. Uh, right now, as I said, there's a lot of doom and gloom, I think, because we're going to be talking injuries, we're going to be talking um, obviously results, VAR, referees, and and everything else. But we need to start with something a bit more cheery. Um, Diddley. You know what I'm talking about, so why don't you just uh, get on with it? Well, I've got a little little quiz for you, a new feature called yeah. Which Number Nine? Uh, does this have a jingle? It does, yeah. Oh, wouldn't it? Go on. Brace yourself. Go. Ba-dum, Which boom. Number Nine? <laughs> What's the concept of your quiz, Diddley? Basically, I'll give you some clues. You have to guess which uh, number nine that I'm talking about, that play for Arsenal. Oh, wow, I love this. It's love pretty it. simple. It's a little bit, who am I, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Is it going to be, uh, does he wear a hat, does he wear glasses, or is it just some, some proper clues, you know? No, it's not guess who. Oh, okay. Like uh, the old flip game. Yeah, I'm not knocking anyone over. No. No, okay. And listeners, of course, play along. And play when I'm along. struggling, then you're going, it's fucking this player, you know. Uh, I won't be able to hear you, but yeah, play along. You might beat me to it. So, which number nine? Are you ready? Yeah, I am ready. Let's go. Okay. This number nine played for Arsenal for one season only. That's the first clue. Okay. That's the first clue. Daposuka? (laughs) Is it? Yeah. What were the other other, um, clues? He scored 11 goals for the club. That's not bad in one season, is it? But yeah. yeah, that's all right. That's all competitions. Yeah. And my last clue for you was we signed him from Real Madrid. Oh, there you go. Yes, get in. So, yeah, well done. You know, I've got to give it to like, your hats off. I feel like I should have longed that one out a little bit. But, uh, no, good. I've got that 100% so far. That's it. That's the end of the game. Oh, it's just one. Which number? Yeah, it was only one, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this going to be a repeat? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's right. So every every week is a different which number nine. Yes. Okay, yes. I do apologise. I feel like I've killed that straight away. Haven't hey, I? look, not all the features are going to work, are they? But if we don't try, we don't know. <laughs> well, it's not that it doesn't work. Clearly, it does work, and I just know my stuff, which is why we do a podcast together. So, um, you know, if you didn't beat me to that answer, unlucky guys, you could try again next week. <laughs> right. Let's go on to transfers. Because um, it wasn't the most exciting transfer deadline day in terms of incomings, but it was still a very good transfer window, I think, certainly, in uh, in terms of um, ingoings and, out- and outgoings um, over the course of the, the month of January. So a quick recap. Incomings to the club. We had Omar Rekic, 600,000 from Hertha Berlin, young defender. He's going straight into the under-23s. We had... Uh, Australian goalkeeper Matt Ryan, 
six month loan in from Brighton, then his contract's going to end anyway, I think, isn't it? So if it all works out well, we may end up signing him on a free, but he is injured at the minute, which is frustrating. And obviously we'll come on to uh, onto that in a bit because we've got Villa at the weekend and well, we'll talk red cards in a moment, but I'm sure you've all guessed what's going on there. Uh, Martin Odegaard, a six month loan from Real Madrid, no option to buy uh, at the moment. And we had the return of Matt Smith, FA Cup winning Matt Smith, back from Swindon. Uh, he did. I don't know if you knew or not, uh, but he did go back out. Right. Do you know what? I'm glad you said that because I saw, I'm sure I saw someone tweet uh, or retweet the Swindon official account saying uh, Arsenal have exercised the right to uh, recall Matt Smith from his yeah. loan. And then I'm sure in the next breath I saw something that said, Matt Smith has gone out on loan to Swindon. It's like, hey. Eh? No, so, he's, joined, he's joined Charlton Athletic for the remainder of the season. Was he at Swindon? He was, up? yeah. He was, okay, that's good. All right, okay. Well, so well done to Charlton Athletic for getting a FA Cup winning Arsenal youth prospect. Uh, so he's in that ingoings and outgoings. Uh, have you got the list of outgoings there, Diddley? Do you want to run through them? Yeah. Uh, so, Sead Kalasinac has uh, left. He's gone on loan to Schalke. Um, but likely to join them at the end of the season, I think. Yeah, his contract's up as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, William Saliba uh, joined Nice on loan. Um, he's doing quite well, starting most games, I think, and playing 90 minutes. Very nice, yeah. So that's good. Uh, Joe Willock, um, deadline day, joined Newcastle on loan for the rest of the yep. season. He did. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, again on deadline day, joined West Bromwich Albion on loan. Uh, of course, Matt Smith went to Charlton on loan. Socrates uh, mutually uh, terminated his contract with us, and uh, he's since joined... Olympiacos, is it? Olympiacos. Uh, good luck to him. They're top of the league, so he's likely to win a league title there. Yeah. Um, Skodran Mustafi, everyone's favourite defender. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. He's uh, He's joined Schalke. On a short-term deal, I yeah. think it is, isn't it? Um, yeah. But he has left the club, so yeah, they're, they're, that's good. Like you say, um, in polar opposites to Socrates and Olympiacos being top of the league, I believe Schalke are bottom of the league at the moment. Bottom right? of the league, yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Macy, he uh, left to join Hibs in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again so, on a on a free, I think that was. And, of course, last but not least, uh, the biggest one, the biggest deal of the window in or out for us, I think, was Meza Ozil joining Fenerbahce. Yeah. Yeah. Another one contract terminated. And then um, I think we paid him a bit of his loyalty bonus or something that he, he was owed. I'm not sure. But either way, he's left the club, which, with all of those incomings and outgoings, saves us about £750,000 there, thereabouts anyway. Uh, a week off the wage bill, um, which is brilliant. I, I personally, I think we've we've done a great job. We've not brought players in just because they were available and they were free or they were cheap. Or you know, we're, we're kind of holding out for this season, I think, and then going to go big in the summer. Certainly, what I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, to save you know close to forty million pounds a year in wages is 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 great. And do you know what? Whether we do invest or not, and I do think we should, we have to remember the club have minimal 
incoming in terms of gate receipts. Uh, so we've got to cut our cloth accordingly, really, haven't we? Um, and I think if this proves anything, certainly in the uh, in the cases of Mustafi and Socrates, um, spending big does not equal good players. You know, with respect to those guys, I don't think uh, Mustafi at 35 million has been any better for Arsenal than two million pound Rob Holding. In fact, you could argue the two million pound Rob Holding was better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what what your thoughts on sort of transfer window overall and the job that Arteta and Edu have done? Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you. It's a good window. Um, I was quite happy who we brought in as well, and and uh, we didn't sort of panic and and because we could have done with a left back um, as cover. Mm-hmm. But it's not the end of the world. I think if they just wait till the summer and get the right player rather than making these mistakes over and over again. Um, so, yeah, I don't don't have a, an issue with that. Um, a little disappointed that Reese Nelson didn't manage to get a loan. I think he could have done with it uh, a loan spell away. Yeah. Club and some experience somewhere. But whether that's down to him or, or there just wasn't a massive amount of interest, I'm not sure. Some, he might regret um, not taking that chance in the summer, I think. I think so too. Uh, there was interest from Spain and maybe from the championship, but uh, for whatever reason, it didn't really materialise. I think he didn't want to play in the championship because he felt it was probably a step down in terms of opportunity. And I think with Spain, maybe they couldn't meet his wages because we were looking for the, the, you know, the parent or the uh, the, the club that was going to take him on loan to pay full wages. So. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. You'd think maybe he'd think, you know what? I'll list, I'll, I'll uh, follow in the footsteps of um, Emil Smith Rowe. Six months in the Championship, and now he's starting every game for Arsenal. He's got to think of the bigger picture like that, surely. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a tough one to see where his future lies. Really, whether he's because he he is way down the pecking order at the moment. He doesn't even make the squads, so. Yeah, uh, and uh, in the same breath, were you pleased to see uh, Joe Willock and Ainsley Maitland-Niles leave? Yeah, I was. Uh, I do think they need to be playing regularly. Uh, a little worried that it does leave us a bit short if we get, say, two injuries in, in midfield. You know, we could, you know, they're our backup players. So, yeah, you know, it's hard to, where, where are we going to? Look after that. I mean, that's a problem that that they, Arteta will have to deal with, but it might not happen. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I think it, it will help make that decision of whether they stay with us or they don't next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they do perform well, and you know, you can go out on loan and look at El Nene, he's come back and I thought he was dead and buried to be honest, but he's he's had some games, but these guys are much younger. Not literally. <laughs> <laughs> As in not literally dead and buried. He thought his career was, yeah. Just want to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah not him. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I mean look, the young guys if if they get the games, um who knows, you know. Yeah, what well, in, in the, the last guy we uh, loaned to West Brom did all right. Uh, who was that? Serge Nabry. Oh, sorry, yes, yeah, we didn't do all right at West Brom. We did no, all right. No, he didn't, but he's, in his yeah. career, he did all right. He so. didn't do. 
I was going to say, I think in the um, in the two separate cases that Joe Willock, um, he had an interview actually on on the uh, Newcastle United website, which is obviously where he's, he's gone on loan. And I, th- I think his interview was quite telling for two reasons. One, he said it was hard to leave Arsenal and go on loan somewhere because I've been there since I was such a, a young kid. It's home, you know. I don't I, I don't really know anything else. I've not been anywhere mm. else. But he stepped outside of his comfort zone to push himself for the greater good of his career. The Ainsley Maitland-Niles one is a strange one for me. Uh, so reportedly it was West Brom, Leicester, Southampton and Newcastle that were interested in. Newcastle he couldn't go to because the, the Premier League rules are you can only have one lone player from one club. So you can't have two from the same club. And they'd obviously sign Joe Willock. Southampton... Apparently, him and his agent were pissing them about a bit, and they pulled out in the end, and almost a bit like, well, if you don't really want to come here, we're not that interested in you. So he missed out there. And Leicester Arsenal were reluctant to let him go to because they're considered a top four, six, whatever, you know, rival. So he's gone to West Brom, and I'm not sure that is necessarily the best option out of the four because of the style of football they play. Um and I guess, I don't know, was the pool there that he was going to be promised midfield action, which is where he wants to go? I think possibly Southampton were talking about him playing it as a right back, which he doesn't want to do. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, I guess time will tell with that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess. I, just, I, guess I don't know what big Sam's got in store for him. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know. I didn't think it was the right choice of club either. Uh, but he's got to make it work. He's got to knuckle down. And, and you know, to be fair to Sam Allardyce, I don't think uh, he's going to let Ainsley like, have a free ride and he's got to work hard for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also he, he wanted to go out on loan because it gave him the chance to prove himself uh, ahead of the Euros and trying to get into the England squad again. So you, you'd like to think he's going to knuckle down and, and work hard and uh, I guess a bit of a make or break for his Arsenal career as well, because if you can't make it work yeah. with regular game time, yeah, given the chance at Arsenal. So if, if it doesn't work this season for him in that loan spell, I imagine he'll be sold in the summer. Yeah, yeah. and he is potentially someone we could get a decent amount of money for. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Whereas Joe Willock, I feel like there's probably a future for him. Um I don't, so, but, you know. No, well, that's what I mean. I'm hoping this loan move, we get to see the best of him. You do need regular game time. Of course you do. It's hard to just sort of do fits and spurts. I guess you have to, again, argue where is his best position uh, in the Arsenal team? And is he going to dislodge any of those other players? Is he happy if he's only going to be a squad player as opposed to a starter? Um, I guess the other thing is it puts him in the shop window if we decide we don't want him because Newcastle might see the best of him and decide, yeah, we can build a team around you. Um, and if they don't, you know, I'm sure others will be keeping tabs on him. Um, and, you know, if, if, all, if all goes well and he doesn't make it at Arsenal, there's going to be other opportunities for him. So that's where I really wish Reese Nelson had opened his mind to just playing football, you know. but. Yeah. No, overall, I, I was really pleased with that. And, and this is the first full, I'm right saying the first full transfer window where it's been just Edu and, and Arteta. Um, yeah, it must be predominantly. Yeah, yeah. because I think the, the summer signings, look at Gabriel, for example, I think that was started by uh, Raul Sanielli before he left. So, um, 
Yeah. And those outgoings, that's a lot of work done, um, you know, pre-summer. So we can hit the ground running yeah. in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only, um, the only sort of leftover outstanding is still um, Blogan. Right. You know, we've still not got confirmation if you're staying or leaving. Um, so I, I don't know if anything will get done there. But was there anyone that you expected to leave that hasn't? Or were there any surprises of people that have left that you thought, well, actually, I thought they might stick around? No, not really. No. Maybe Callum Chambers, but yeah. it would only leave us with four centre-backs. So he's there for cover, I guess. But um, I can't see him playing that much. No. No, same. I mean, I, I see him as third-choice right-back. You know, if, 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 right, Bellerin's, yeah. if Bellerin's first and um, Cedric Suarez is, is second choice right back, then he's probably third choice right back. But as you mentioned earlier, we didn't go out and sign, you know, Ryan Bertrand on loan or Patrick Van Arnholt on loan because they were available. Um, you know, we, we've kind of decided that Tierney's clearly our first choice and Cedric can play as a second choice. So, uh uh, yeah, I, I'm saying to you, overall, really happy. If anything, the, the big surprise is that we managed to shift so many of the big earners out of the club so quickly, all in one window. I yeah. really thought Mustafi and maybe even Socrates might end up just hanging around um, until the summer when their contracts expired. So, you know, to, to some degree, fair play to them for leaving. They're not getting game time, they realised, and they had an opportunity to, to go back to their home countries and, and, and get a contract. So Yeah. Um, so good in that respect and going back to the sort of tweet of the week and the El Nenny joke well, it wasn't a joke but you know the, the laugh we had about it Arteta clearly identified the players that he didn't want in the squad whether that be because of um, ability or whether that be because of personality I think he's got a team that are all pulling in the right direction now I don't think there are any I don't know outliers bad smells or whatever, or, you know, however you want to term them. I don't think there's anyone left in the squad that you sort of think, bad attitudes, you, you're, you're creating a divide. No, there, there was that little bit of a click there, wasn't there, I think, uh, with Ozil, Mustafi, Socrates and Gwendouzi even, yeah. and Kalasinac, and now they're, they're not at the club. You know, you can work with a smaller squad, which is better. Yeah. Uh, if they're all pulling in the right direction, it's only good. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Mm. Um, okay, well now we can look forward to the summer. Yeah, uh, and as you say, see see what comes of that. We've definitely been linked with lots of um, lots of players. None of them have sort of really come to fruition. But just going back to our incomings, you pleased with those? Omar Rekic, I don't know an awful lot about. I'm not going to lie. Um, but for six hundred thousand, it's a punt worth taking, isn't it? Um, yeah. Matt Ryan, experienced Premier League Experience, goalkeeper. Yeah. Frustrated that he's injured though. Yeah, I hope he's back for the next game, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I don't have much faith in Alex Runason. Um, from what I've seen, he looks like a rabbit in headlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't he? He does. He's very scared. He does. Um, I think that's his biggest issue, you know. I, I've watched him, you know, every time he's sort of had a, had a chance to play. and Ability-wise, okay, you could argue he's not great, but... He does do some good things, and he's. I've seen him make some good saves as well. And he's, you know, I think it's more of a mental thing with him. 
that confidence isn't it yeah confidence and, uh, and he just yeah it's obviously a big stage and he, he uh-huh. can't deal with it it seems that's without the fans there yeah, yeah <laughs> you, know, you imagine what it's like when you've got 60,000 booing him or whatever I mean look whenever you come into a, a new club you want to hit the ground running that doesn't always happen you have a chance to turn it around I guess the big thing for him must be that that uh, Carabao Cup game against Man City where Suarez uh, Suarez sorry where um, Mares so close Mares took the uh, free kick and it kind of he held it and then it slipped through his hands and went into the net and stuff like that must be playing on his mind that he's He's probably turning up on the pitch thinking, I've got to, I've got to, you know, do something to show the fans that I'm, and the manager that I'm, I'm good enough. Um, but with respect to him, based on what we've seen so far, how he got scouted as being a number three goalkeeper, I don't know. I really don't the, know. Uh, well, we'll talk about uh, last night's game later. We will. We will. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Martin Odegaard, the six-month loan from Real Madrid. He had a 10-minute cameo against Manchester United, which we'll talk about in a second. And he was on the bench against Wolves. Probably planned to come on, but uh, given what happened during the game, didn't get the opportunity. Um, but I'm excited by that one. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of what he can do, uh, take a bit of that responsibility off the shoulders of Emil Smith-Rowe. Because yeah. uh, some games he's, you know, he's looked a bit sort of laggy a little bit. He's struggled to to put those combinations together and create something. So to have that other option on the bench or mm-hmm. vice versa, I think it will be good for him. I don't think it's going to hinder him too much in his development. I think there's plenty of games and plenty of minutes to play. Yeah. So they could he could learn from him as well. You know, he's a little bit older, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Coming from Real Madrid, doesn't yeah. know a little bit. Yeah, I think Leno was uh, quoted as saying, you know, they'd seen him in training, Odegaard, and, and they'd sort of said something along the lines of, we're going to have some fun with this guy. I think yeah. they were literally his words. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's the first thing, you know, you hear ex-players talk about people they played with, and they always say, don't they, that first training session is the one where you really get to see the quality of a player, you know, their first touch, their first shot, etc. So, um, yeah, look forward to that. But overall, the, the, the club have done a really good job, and um, time will tell sort of how it all pans out for everybody. But uh, the big one, we've got lots of deadwood out of the club, and we're moving in the right direction, I think. Good, right, let's talk about the games. We can't hide from them forever. So, first one was uh, Arsenal Man United, 31st of Jan. Um, kind of had a really big build-up, I thought. Uh, although we're nowhere near the top, and obviously Man United are, there was really big nostalgia, not just from us last week on our podcast episode, but um, across the footballing nation, I think, of um, you know thinking about the battles of, of yesteryear, if you like, certainly the 90s and early noughties. Um, but the game didn't really live up to that hype, did it? No, it didn't. Uh, ultimately, it was a, a, a fair result. Um, you know, both sides had a couple of good chances, but other than that, it was a... Uh, no, I wouldn't say it was a bad game. No, it was a good nil-nil. Like not like it used to be. Yeah, it was a good nil-nil, but it wasn't... Um, yeah, it was nothing nothing like it, it used to be. How I mean, did just, you feel about the, the result? Um, uh, how do I feel about the result? I think I was content. That's probably the, the right 
phrase to use. You know, neither team deserved to lose. Neither team really did enough to win it. Mm. Um, would I have taken nil-nil before the match? <sighs> Probably. On the basis I don't know. That I, yeah, I know what United you're saying. Were, I, I was uh, a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I just felt that they're a team that are there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gary, I think Gary Neville said he called them the odd bunch. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they are. They are a team. They're, te- they're a team of mis- not misfits. That's not the right word. I know what you mean. They're, te- they're a team that have been just thrown together, spent a lot of money on. Um, don't really play as a team. They just yeah. have individuals that occasionally click. Yeah. Uh, and they get some results, even yeah. you know if it's not going well for them, because yeah. you know they've, they've paid that money for the big players. I do think, and I know he missed a couple of good chances. I do think Cavani on a free has, has turned out to be a good acquisition for them. Um, Although he know. did miss two sitters or he at did. least one sitter. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, uh, which, he's been doing that his whole career since he was at Palermo. I've seen yeah. him do that. Yeah. Um, and and you know, Napoli, PSG. Certainly, when he plays against Arsenal, he does tend to uh, does tend to struggle for some reason. Um, so yeah, but you know, overall a nil nil. I guess we we at the time you look at it as well. We we didn't lose. We continued our unbeaten run. You know, it was a clean sheet. You kind of have to look at the positives in that respect. But just talking about the starting lineup, have you got it there, or do you want me to run through yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Leno in goal. Cedric left back, Bellerin right back, uh, Louise and Holding, um, central defence, Shaka uh-huh. and Party, yeah, uh, Emil Smith Rowe, Pepe, Martinelli, and Lacazette. Yes, still no Abamyang. Um, no, he wasn't even on the bench. He wasn't. No. Um, thoughts on that lineup? Were you happy with it? I mean, I was well, surprised there was no Saka, but. Uh, he yeah well he picked up a knock didn't he I think that's mm-hmm. why he didn't play. Uh, other than that I think maybe he would have started instead of Martinelli. Yeah. He didn't have his best game and was brought off at half time for Willian who actually did have a quite a good second half I thought Willian. Yeah yeah he did miss um, that one opportunity. Apart but... from that opportunity yeah. where I think if he was full of confidence he would have just hit first time. Yeah. Uh, but he takes a touch and. You know, that gives a chance for the defender to get that block in, doesn't it? Yeah, Harry Maguire sticks a foot out, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, we've given him plenty of uh, abuse on this on this podcast. But actually, I, I agree. He had quite a, um, a quite a good second half. And um, I don't know, were we expecting too much too soon from Martinelli? Because Arteta said, look, I only brought him off because we weren't doing the things we needed to do. So there's not a slight on Martinelli, but I felt almost William could do it better. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've seen what he could do, and we just assume that he's going to hit the ground running mm-hmm. again. Would be wrong. He, he does need time, and maybe he's a player that would give us more coming off the bench. Yeah, impact, impact, energy that he brings. You know, imagine him coming off on in the 75th, 80th minute to run at tired defenders, I think, uh-huh. would be probably more beneficial than him starting a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the way Pepe's been playing recently, uh, he'd be hard to drop for me now, Pepe. Yes, yeah. Well, this uh, there was a question on that, so we'll come on to it shortly. Yeah, we'll but come yeah. on to that later. Other than that, um, Bruno Fernandes is an absolute shit. 
<laughs> Shit house. Yeah. I, I cannot stand that guy. Yeah. Shit tattoo as well. I know it's relevant, but I'm not a fan of that one. I like tats. I've got tats, but that. What's he got? Of, he's got like this, this like on his on his forearm. He's got like it's all shaded in. No, no, no. It's like um self portrait. No, literally, it's as if someone's got the uh, what's it called? Someone's got the um, tattoo gun and shaded in like a big block on his forearm, but it goes all the way around on the, his under forearm as well. So I don't know. It's just me and a personal thing. Like I say I love tattoos, but shit tattoo no, that um but no, no. um as you say he's a shit house that foul on Xhaka, which which violence yeah. i know we're gonna get on to var in a minute nothing not even the yellow card it's like i, I can't i just can't get my head around that, that that's not even a yellow yeah. I, I do honestly think and i don't think there's a conspiracy anything like that against arsenal you know i'm not that guy i just i do believe that reputation follows people around and if mm-hmm. Shaka had done that mm-hmm. the other way around I do I think he'd have got red yeah I think you're absolutely right absolutely right um yeah but Bruno Fernandes you know he dives about um he tried to win a penalty he should have got booked for that because it wasn't um he dies for a free kick that he ends up taking himself um you know rolls around when he jumps up for a header and gets a little touch on the back of the head or, or whatever and you know after the game he goes home to his lair i'm sure he's got an evil lair not he <laughs> <laughs> pours himself a chalice of blood and um puts on some snake jazz and just feels real smug about himself yeah yeah you could you can hear him just sort of uh head head bopping with his favorite hat on to like jamiroquai or something yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. The, the the problem with players like that is, if they're in your team, you don't mind it as much, do you? You kind of love the shithousery. I used to love that about Socrates. You know? Yeah, but I would also be embarrassed if one of our players yeah, was, yeah. was doing stuff like that. Well, here's one for you that'll make you hate him even more. He was recently voted the best January transfer signing of all time, having joined mm-hmm. Man United last January. I mean, that is some flipping accolade when you think the Premier League's been around since 92 January transfer window's probably been in since I don't know 2000 maybe before that sorry that's that's yeah that's ridiculous that's didn't ridiculous. we sign Aubameyang in January yes we did yeah mm. but just that doesn't count you know don't, don't worry about no. it um yeah any, anything else from that game that particularly caught your eye or comment worthy No, no, not really. Obviously, no. uh, Odegaard makes his debut. Uh, doesn't have much of an impact. No. Um, I think we need to address the elephant in the room that was last night. Yeah, well, let's just get on to it then, because we've spoken a little bit about VAR. And as we always do, we just did a minute, minute ago. Let's run through the starting lineup. Um, I don't know if you've got that to hand. I have. Largely the same team, but... Yep, Leno in goal, Cedric left back, Bellerin right back, Louise and Holden centre backs, Shaka and Party in the middle again, Emil Smith Rowe, Saka back in the lineup, Pepe and Lacazette. Yeah, so Martinelli makes way for yep. uh, Saka, and um, within a minute, 
pretty much. Was it within a minute? Yeah. He had an opportunity to score. Um, uh, I think it was Party hit it over the top of the defence, doesn't he? Uh, on yeah. Saka, who sort of runs onto it, and, and as he's coming towards the defender and the keeper, he smashes it against the was it against the post? I think it was against the post. Yeah. Um, but we looked hungry from that first minute, and that first we half did. was fantastic. Yeah, it was a bright start. Um, Saka looked lively, refreshed. Pepe looked lively. Uh, like you say, we hit the post. It could have gone in off the post, but it went out. It, maybe he should have been a bit cuter with the finish rather than going for power. Um, yeah. It could have could have uh, gone in. Uh, yeah, we were we were dominant, and it was a really good half from from for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From well, us, that's. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the issue, isn't it? Uh, that we maybe didn't take those chances and and end up three or four, well, two or three. Yeah. Ended up, uh, yeah. Um, hit the woodwork twice. Uh, Lacazette, no, um, Saka had a goal disallowed as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. So it was uh, a free kick because Lacazette was offside. Yeah. That was a beautiful finish. Yeah, right foot, great technique. Minute, I think it was, wasn't it? Free kick over to David Luiz at the far post, who heads it across goal, finds to Laka, and much like last week, Laka finds Saka. There's a nice little combination going on there. But his right, uh, yeah, is it his right foot? Yeah, yeah. Hits with his right foot. You said that, yeah, and then goes in, but it's offside and um, fine, fine margins. And you know, we'll come on to VAR obviously in a second, talking about the other incidents, but. I'll pose a question at the end around VAR. Maybe you've already got a feeling about it already, but there's something really, what's the word? It takes out the emotion, doesn't it, of, oh, God, we scored, amazing, celebrating. Uh, Sorry, it's offside. You do get to that point, don't you, where, you know, you score a goal and you think, I can't really celebrate this until Mm. they've said it's definitely a goal. And by that point, that emotion's gone because that's a split second emotion, isn't it? When, when a goal goes in, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. That's what we're here for. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'll get your view on that in a second as to whether you think we should keep it or change it or what can we change. But um, yeah, that was, that was unlucky. It was a good opportunity and, and another one that, you know, with a half an inch the other way would have, would have stood. Um, Pepe, you just mentioned him. I mean, I, I, I've slated him. I'm not going to lie. I've slated him. I've said I don't really know if there's a future for him. I'm not sure if he's cut out for the Premier League. But this goal was all Pepe. Yeah, I, I, I was worried for him. I, I, we had a conversation. I think it was off air, um, and we both. I sort of said to you that I hope he stays in the side. And this was going back to the Southampton game, which he did play in. Uh-huh. Uh, I said if he has a a good run, you know, he can find some form because uh-huh. you're just not going to get it dipping in and out of the no. team. No. Uh, and he has done that. He, he's he's picked up some form and some confidence. Yeah. And now yeah. he, I, I wouldn't drop him for the next game because yeah. he's creating chances and causing problems for the other team. And yeah. I think we need to keep him in for now. Talk about that goal. Because it was um, not just the finish, it was great, but everything that led up to it by Pepe was fantastic and kind of epitomizes how he's changed his, um, I don't know, maybe his, it's a mental thing. Maybe it's a physical thing because he was strong in, in that 
uh, in that goal and what he created and how he created it. You know, maybe a Pepe six months ago would have just fallen on the floor. Um, to, to tell everyone what sort of happened in, in that, that goal, if you've got details on it. Yeah, well, he, um, I'm not sure who he receives the ball from, but sort of wide out left on the edge of the area. And he kind of it is a little bit lucky, bundles his way in, but he does show good strength and lovely bit of trickery where he nutmegs <laughs> yeah, the, uh, nutmeg. the defender. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, just whips it in the corner with his right foot. He's yeah. uh, he's weaker foot. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm quite a cool, calm, collected person. But that got me off my seat. You know, I was like, oh, what a goal. Because I couldn't believe I'd just seen not only a great goal, as you said, the nutmeg, the skill, the strength, the finish. But the fact it was Pepe, I was so happy for him. I was so happy that, oh, he's come. He's come of age. Here he is. You know, this is the Pepe yeah. that we, we, we're we seeing now. Um, That's, um, I think, his third goal in three away games yeah, as well. So. Yeah, he's, you're right. It's uh, it's given him that opportunity for the run of games. My question is, and then I'll come on to a question that we've had from a listener. My question is, is that left side better suited for him because he's less predictable? Because he, I guess, being a left footer on the left wing, you'd argue that he, his natural position would be to run down the byline and then cross it in. Mm. But he's got the skill and the trickery to bring it in on his right-hand side and either take a great shot with his left foot, like he did against Southampton, was it, where he went across goal, or uh, or bundle his way through with power and strength and speed uh, to, to score the way he did with his right. I think on the right-hand side, he's so predictable. He's always going to cut in and take a shot with his left, with his left foot. So what, what do you think his better position is? Yeah, I'm not sure he's he's your typical wide sort of player, really. I, I do think he comes alive when he's more central, those central areas. He's it's hard to call him a centre forward, but yeah, he is some he's some kind of forward, isn't he? That operates. I think that left side suits him better because he finds it easier to get into those central positions from yeah. there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's between that right he, back and the centre back. He, that little channel is where he operates really well. I think he finds the space in there. Yeah, and, and like you say, un, unpredictable. If he can come on his right there, but you know he can easily go out onto his left as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think him on the left and Saka on the right is is probably at the minute it's looking it's looking very good yeah good okay so this is the question that we had from theo van nasrigas yeah he's at i'd stan he says with pepe's recent form and saka's imperious style on the right what is the future of orba since we can't really drop lacquer um and it's a really good question isn't it because as you say you when you've got a settled team and it's working well you kind of don't really want to change it do you and Lacazette is working his butt off in the middle of the goal, um, or in the middle of the pitch up top, you know, chasing every every lost ball, um, hounding players down. And I think uh, Arteta was asked a question about his recent form and oh, what's changed. And I think Arteta said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of, once he realised his limits, he kind of stuck to them and he performs them really well. And I, and I kind of get what he means by that. We've said that before on here, you know, mm. know what you're good at and do it well. Don't try and do everything and score the perfect goal or, uh, you know, do, do something that's 
almost beyond your your initial reach. So it, it I'm not saying it's worrying for Aubameyang. He's captain. You know, he's the highest paid player at the club now. Kind of needs to to be there and perform and then not just be a cheerleader on the sideline. So what do you think it means for him? Uh, it's, a tr- it's a tricky one. I I think his future could potentially lie away from the club ultimately in the summer. Uh, he's that age and the contract situation that's running down. Aubameyang, oh, um, talking or or Lacazette. Lacazette. Sorry, Lacazette. did you ask me about Aubameyang? Yeah, that's all right. It's a valid. It's a valid point anyway. Um, I think he plays that role I think Lacazette plays that role better than Aubameyang can uh, in this system mm-hmm. which is strange to say but uh, yeah Aubameyang I do think is the better striker but he can't do all the other stuff that Lacazette does yeah, um, yeah. And I at think- the minute yeah he, he, he's, he's out of the side which is unfortunate but He's going to have to wait, I think, for yeah. for his chance. I mean, he wasn't in great form before. Anyway, was he? Before his break, for personal no. reasons. He wasn't in great form. And I think the way that we play, when you've got Saka and Pepe, we'll use those as the examples, because they're, they're the two that are, are in the team at the minute. Those guys like to receive ball to feet or ball over the top, you know, where they can run into the spaces, into the channels and, and create things. Um, but to do that, you've got to have someone that holds back a little bit. And that person is... Lacazette. So if the ball comes to him, the other guys can run off, and he'll, you know, he plays that good one-two combination play. I think Lacazette, uh, sorry, I think Aubameyang is another one of those with pace who likes to run over the top, be on the shoulder, last man. And I don't know if you can have three in a forward line that do the same thing. I think you need the combination. So, you know, if Lacazette is to be sold, and you're right because he's only got 18 months, or it would be a year in the summer left on his contract, will we sell him? And and buy a new central striker, and Aubameyang's position will be the left wing. Maybe if Martinelli might be that guy for the forward role, who knows? But um, different tools for different jobs. games, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think we'll have to bring someone else in, and it'll yeah. be someone that hopefully does what Lacazette's doing at the moment, but better. Yeah, yeah. And who can do it for for the next five years? Yeah, I, I mean we've not been linked with him, but it'd be amazing if uh, with all that money that we saved, we we could make a bid for someone like uh, Haaland. Well, yeah, um, you know, would he? I leave? think he's probably out of our reach. I suspect he is too. I'm just daydreaming, which is. Uh, <laughs> I thought you dangerous. were going to say Karim Benzema for a minute. Uh, well, no, it's not 2009. <laughs> but yeah, good. No. Good point. <laughs> I know, but every every summer we're linked yeah, to him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, knowing us, we'll probably go and buy Olivier Giroud again or something. Um, well, thank you for that question anyway, and we'll come on to the others that we've received in a, in a moment. But um, it's it, it's a good one, and it's a it's a very valid uh, argument. So um, so good stuff there. Then just before half time, big incident. The incident that's uh, filled all of the. Uh, all of the back pages, every little bit of social media you can think of, there was a red card incident, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, so David Luiz, uh, he gets a lot of criticism and a lot of stick for being rash, stupid decisions. 
his brain switches off, whatever. But I, I felt from here. Um, so I, I guess to explain what happens, ball gets played through into uh, the 18 yard box. Striker's running onto it. He's got a clear one on one with Leno. And um, uh, David Luiz kind of pulls out. He, he, he follows him in, but he doesn't take uh, he doesn't take a swipe at him. He doesn't try and poke a toe out to, to clear the ball. He does nothing. He runs behind him, and the striker's foot hits David Luiz's knee, doesn't it? Yeah. The bottom of his foot hits his knee. Goes over. You know, penalty. It's it's even that's debatable whether there's. It's not easy to see contact, but you can only assume that there must have been because, yeah. you know, why else does he go over? Yeah. Really? And yeah. Le- unless he's somehow overrun managed to just, yeah, he's seen he's overrun it and he's decided to take a fall. But I think, you know, it's, it's not much fun to have to talk about referees and, and VAR and bad decisions, but I guess we have to really because... This changed the game, didn't it? Absolutely. So the fact that it went to VAR and VAR deemed it to be, uh, you know, ascending off a fence um, was ridiculous, really. And I'll tell you what's even more ridiculous than that. Having referees on the BT Sport um, panel and even they're getting it wrong, saying, yeah, you should have yeah. got a red card for that. So lots of confusion. There was another um, comment made by at Hodge74, Andrew Hodgson on Twitter. And he says, have a read of Mark Clattenburg's article in the mail, which confirms the mistake on Lewis sending off. I expect the club will appeal, which they subsequently have done. Um, and it all, it all comes into what's classed as double jeopardy, triple jeopardy. It's all very confusing. But essentially... If he'd have taken a, a swipe at the player and gone for the ball and it was a penalty, he'd have got a yellow card. Yeah. Because he Should didn't. I, yeah, yeah, go on. If you've got it there, that'd be really good. I've really got good. it here. The, what the exact wording is, is where a player commits an offence against an opponent within their own penalty area, which denies an opponent an obvious goal-scoring opportunity and the referee awards a penalty kick, the offending player is cautioned if the offence was an attempt to play the ball. So, there, that is that clear? I don't know. In all other circumstances, e.g., holding, pulling, pushing, no possibility to play the ball, etc., which leaves that open to interpretation, the offending player must be sent off. <laughs> Just that, that last bit, though. No attempt to play the ball. That that must mean you're taking the man out. You're not even trying to play the ball. Yeah, but that's that's not is that's not what's happened here, is it? That's, it's, it's no, of course not. I mean, the rule's ridiculous anyway. Yeah. Um, because a red card for for something like that and a yellow. So if he does, this is the thing with David Luiz. You know he. He he's what 33, 34 years old. Yeah, 34, I think. And he, you know we've he's been hammered and criticised for for these mistakes, pulling someone's shirt when they're the last man, getting sent off, or diving into the challenge and and not getting there. And the one time that he actually does the right thing, doesn't make a challenge. It's a complete accident. 
he gets red carded. Yeah. You've got to feel sorry for him. Well, it goes back to what you said about Xhaka and the Fernandes tackle. You know, if it was the other way around, he'd have got a red card because it's Xhaka and, and kind of his name goes before him. And I think the same applies for David Luiz. People think, oh, calamity, Luiz. Yeah, it's got to be a red card. Um, I've got another rule here uh, or, or update on the rule. So I think I'm so confusing. Either the, the one that you've just read out was either what's classed as the triple jeopardy or double punishment or whatever it's called. But the um, uh, the snippet I've got here says the previous triple punishment rule meant that a player who denied a goal scoring opportunity was automatically red carded and handed a suspension as well as giving away a penalty. However, the law has now changed so that players committing accidental fouls, which is what's happened in this instance, uh, that deny a goal-scoring opportunity are not automatically sent off, but cautioned instead. So the fact that he made an accidental foul because he ran behind him and the players hit his knee would suggest that it's, um, you know, he's not denied a goal-scoring opportunity through through a tackle or a bad challenge. It was accidental. So essentially, the penalty should have stood, but the player should not have been sent off. He should have got a yellow card. So as I say, we could talk about that forever. Um, you know, it could go on for... Okay, well, yeah, firstly, you know, as a team, we can't dismiss how we failed to see out the first half yeah. of that game. Because um, we're, we're, lit- we're talking the last five, ten seconds yeah. of the half. Yeah. Um, so there's a lack of concentration and communication that, that initially puts us into this Correct. situation, doesn't it? So yeah. <clears throat> there is that as well. I think if they get that decision right, though, and he stays on the pitch, we go on to win the game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You're absolutely right. Um, I'm sure. I'll just have a quick look. We'll come on to that one in a second. Uh, You mentioned Mark Clattenburg earlier. Um, I did read that. Um, He's come out and said Craig Pawson... Uh, and VAR's John Moss were wrong to send off David Luiz. And then on Sky Sports later on today, uh, Dermot Gallagher, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, Dermot Gallagher. Who Four does four. the uh, the referee review you know, sort of review sense, thing of yeah. decisions? Uh, he He's come out and said that it was the correct decision. I mean, I if top know, if referees that. that are paid, I have not. But if top, no. And as I say, I only saw the referee that was on the BT Sports Show uh, during the halftime talk that said it was the right decision. So when you've got top referees saying it's right or it's wrong, what does that tell you? Now, like you said, we can't really buy into how corrupt referees are or, or whether there's an agenda against Arsenal. But you may remember a referee called Mark Halsey. He was a Premier League referee between 1990. I, do, and I, I have seen this statement. Yeah, if you so want to his, read it out. Yeah, so his statement is: I've been in that situation when I've seen an incident and I've been told to say I haven't seen it. To be fair to the FA, it's not from them. It comes from within the PGMOL, which is the Professional Game Match Officials Limited. It doesn't stop there. We've been told to give a certain amount of corners or throw-ins, fouls, bookings, etc. The Premier League is rife with spot fixing and bias towards certain clubs from the FA. Every referee in the Premier League could soon be in front of a court one day. Now, I don't know. Like I say, he, he was refereeing up to 2013, so actually not that long ago. And there's there's been comments in the past, isn't there, about uh, how sort of Sir Alex Ferguson would have a bit of a power over referees. I don't know if that yeah. still goes on in this day and age, but I do still go back to what you said, which is certain players have certain reputations that they'll get away with stuff 
or they they won't because of you know previous incidents. There's been Jacques is the prime example. There's been no end of stuff Jacques has done. You've gone, that's not a red card. And then you see much much worse, and you think you're not even giving him a booking. You know we, we shouldn't allow, uh, as you say, referees to uh, I guess spoil the the beautiful game for us. Um, but it's hard not to get infuriated by decisions that have uh, you know an effect on your on your team. So. Yeah, just I've got a little stat for you. I know you like a stat. I'd love I thought it. I'd, I'd attack you with one this yeah, week. Yeah, go on, mate. And this is courtesy of At Orbino. Um, yeah, you're probably right. aware of him, as many of us are that listen to this. Uh, Arsenal have lost their last four Premier League games with Craig Pawson in charge. Ah. What so, people? interesting that one, isn't it? And yeah. he previously sent off David Luiz, I think, against Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was the same ref there. So who, you know, sent him off when he did make a challenge. So, so which one I is it? Think, yeah, which one is it? I honestly think if he did put a tackle in and brought the guy down, he would have sent him off then I think anyway. So too. I think you're absolutely right. So he's, he's, you know, on a hiding to nothing basically. He's in a lose lose situation. Not to single out David Luiz, but since he signed for Arsenal in 2019, he's had three red cards and six penalties conceded. No other Premier League players received more than two red cards and conceded three penalties in that time. Uh, it, you know, another one that's out of contract in the summer. There's a bit of a do we keep him, do we not keep him debate. We had this last summer, and then we did decide him to give him a, another year's contract. It's hard, isn't it? Because uh, I think we all feel for him uh, in this incident. But do we keep him, or is it time to usher him out after that? I think we have to look forwards and look to the future. It's an option. It's not something I would encourage, but yeah, if it comes down to the sort of towards the end of the transfer window in the summer, and we haven't brought in a a right-sided centre-back, a top-class one, yeah, then I think it's time. something you have to think about. It depends yeah. how ready William Saliba is as well when he comes yeah. back. It's, there's, there's a lot of variables at the moment, and it's, uh, I'd say it's 50-50 as to what the club actually do. Yeah, absolutely. And what he wants to do, he might want to, he might want to leave. He might get fed up of being sent off. Yeah, yeah, in you're the right. Premier League, he might want right. to go and have a, a nice quiet life somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And to quote Arsene Wenger. <laughs> In 2019, he said, if I die, I'm going to ask God where the referees are before I choose between heaven and hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think we're all thinking that at the moment, mate. Um, yeah. But that wasn't the end of the controversy for that game. So uh, I guess resulting penalty was very well dispatched. Good goal. Uh, going yeah. to the halftime break, uh, you know, one all would probably, you know, they say a goal just before halftime can really change the the team talk and, and what happens. And I think that really did. And it would change the momentum of the game. 49th minute, Martinho. Goal. Yeah. I mean, out of nowhere. Knocks the stuffing out. It's, it's unstoppable, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's a really, really good hit. You, Leno you gets argue, a fingertip on it, doesn't he? But You could argue party doesn't close him down quick enough. Shaka's uh, just stood there watching. I don't know how close he is. To, but <laughs> in the replays, you can see him just—he's just standing there watching. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, maybe he could do a little bit more as well. But once he uh, hits it, it's—it's 
fine margins, you know? Mm. Whereas I think it's Dole's bounced. Like, yeah, sorry, go on, mate. It's bounced off the post and out for us a couple of times in the game. It's It's gone in for him, yeah. top corner. And... I, was say, I think sometimes with goals like that, you just have to sit back and go, what a goal. Yeah, you, know, you do, you do. I, I still fancied us with 10 men, to be honest, to, to nick a goal and get a draw. and get a draw at least, yeah. Certainly um, at the end of the game, we had a chance, didn't we? I think, was it Uber had come on and somehow yeah. made it to him in like the 92nd minute or something? Um, but hey, look, good goal is what it is and, and, and fair play. They had chances for more, to be fair. And um, as you say, Leno makes a good save, but uh, well, he doesn't, does he? What happens? 72nd minute, big incident, Diddley. What happens? Yeah, long ball over the top, I think, from the right back and. Uh, Adama Traore's uh, hairing down and, and Leno sort of I guess because we're down to 10 men is he's playing a little bit higher up sweeper keeper he's, start, he's starting positions a little bit more advanced than maybe it normally is mm-hmm. he sees it he comes for it misjudges it I think that you know it happens doesn't it um, yeah I'm not gonna I'm not too mad at him for it I think it's a little bit of a head rush and a, and a bit of a panic. Um, I think he's tried to just come out and head it clear maybe. And the bounce hasn't quite, or he's got, yeah, something's right. not quite right. It's just mistimed it. And he's, he's done a mad little thing with his, with his hands. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's a clear red, isn't it? He had he that look on his face immediately, didn't he? Oh like, yeah. He was off. up in the start. Uh, he was, he was, showering he had the links out showering <laughs> while they were still reviewing it on VAR. yeah 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 he uh, he did he had that look in his face of ah oh, shit I've, I've just fired and i've been caught he had that kind mm. of uh that, that look in his face now here's a stat and a quiz rolled into one burn leno is only the second premier league goalkeeper sent off for arsenal in premier league history uh and it's the first since ex-goalkeeper against West Ham in November 1993. Which goalkeeper got sent off for Arsenal in Premier League history other than Bernd Leno? Uh, David Seaman. It was David Seaman. Very good. Very good. Uh, I find that an, an amazing statistic. I know we've mm. had players, uh, goalkeepers sent off, I guess most notably um, Jens Lehmann, but obviously that was the Champions League final in 2006. But um, yeah, unbelievable. But there you go. And we had uh, Runison come on in his place, made a few good saves, but still looked a bit shaky. Yeah, uh, at one point, we were passing it around the back and he kicked it out for a I corner. Know, I thought the same thing, mate. <laughs> I thought the same thing. And mate. I thought, this guy's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Claude off another podcast, it's time. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, I mean, he's out of his depth. He doesn't have the composure to play the passing out the back, does he? Um, so look, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm willing to take uh, my chances on Matt Ryan now, if I'm being honest. Even if he's injured. Oh, even if he's injured, yeah, exactly. Don't kick anything, mate. Just uh, he's got a bad hip, I think. So save it and pass it with your hands. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that. That was a bit of a, another a, another crazy moment in the game. Uh, and I guess we we look ahead to Aston Villa in just a moment. So we've got a couple of questions and match reactions from. Uh, from that that game, and we tend not to ask for immediate reaction because everyone's obviously very 
in the moment but it appears even 24 hours later people were still quite uh frustrated by it all so we'll run through a couple of the questions we've had or comments that we've had and see what we think uh first one is from the anglo italian podcast at italian anglo pods uh great podcast go check them out uh question how did you calm down after the game (laughs) just just reminded me of the conversation we had which we'll talk about in a how did you calm down after the game the fact that only had one beer in the house was infuriating but what isn't Arteta doing for there to be so much indiscipline oh sorry what what is Arteta doing for there to be so much indiscipline and what can he do about it in the future so uh, how did you calm down after the game <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll tell you shall I <laughs> Um, well, we might lose a few listeners after this story, but <laughs> I'll definitely lose some respect. But yeah, so after the, the first sending off, um, I don't know whether it was because the heating on was, was on like so high, but I was so angry. I got so hot, <laughs> Angelo, <laughs> that I had to take all my clothes off. <laughs> You were texting Honestly, me. You're like, I stripped, so down, I stripped down to my underwear because I was just absolutely roasting. Overheated. That's how angry I was. Like a toddler just had his uh, ice cream taken away. Yeah, hilarious, mate. It put a smile on my face. And I had no pictures, so it's all, all mental. But yeah, fantastic. It's hard. How do you calm down after a game like that? I mean, I don't take my clothes off, but um, you, 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 well, as I said, 24 hours later, people were still infuriated by what had happened. But. Um, absolute gold that is um what is Arteta doing for there to be so much indiscipline what can he do about it in the future do you know what I'm all for the indiscipline because the indiscipline comes from desire and and chasing and hunting down you know you don't get those sort of decisions if you don't try um and and as I said before some of the reputation that some of our players have got kind of go before them because as you said if it was a Fernandez or um, Harry Kane, or you know, whichever of the player that's seen as the nice guys in football, it wouldn't happen, would it? Yeah, and and I think even after you know the sending off, I, I thought we uh, we were fighting for each other and and putting it, the players were putting a shift in. You know, the the grit and determination yeah. was still there. Yeah, there was no heads down and no, no. they're all going for it. Absolutely. I, I, I was still I was still encouraged by by the performance. I, I just, you know, that decision and, and a little bit of bad luck and we've lost the game. Yeah. Angry yeah. and naked. That sums up your evening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scott Borg, who's at SM underscore Borg. Uh, he says, this was an unfortunate match There was uh, no, where nothing went our way after the Louise red. We need to move on quickly and get back to our recent positive form. Back the manager, back the players and enjoy victory through harmony. Absolutely, Scott. It hits an head on the head. You know, I think the players need to think first half we were brilliant. Second half game was ruined and it wasn't our fault. Let's just, you know, continue the, the, the fact that we've been on this great run and, um, you know, keep saying it, but good vibes. That's how you've got to think. Uh, right, I, I agree. Yeah, look on to, the, on to the next game. Aston Villa away, another tough one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last few questions. We'll quickly run through these. Artetari, who is at Jude Aholu. Thank you for your message. He first names us. Love this. Feel like uh, being yeah, personal yeah. here. Angelo and Diddley. How do you feel when all with all? I'm getting excited. Sorry, Angelo and Diddley. 
How do you feel when with all the technology, facilities and training, your nation's referees are the most shit around the world? <laughs> Africa has nothing, but trust me, refereeing is at its best, even with offside decisions. The English Premier League must bow in shame. I agree. I'd love to know, actually, if you want to send a follow-up, what do you think your your um, country is doing different to ours? Is it the speed of which decisions are made? Is it just the accuracy? Um, but it makes a good point with all the, the technology, the facilities, the training. You know, professional referees are that. They're professional referees. They don't do it as a side job like they used to in the early 90s. It's a full-time job. They do a lot of training. So I feel infuriated by it i i thought var would take away the debate you know i thought it would be the nice clear well var cleared it up and he was right because you saw it on a camera how do you feel diddly i think it's got worse because i agree i was i was for var i thought it would bring some sort of clarity to it but what it's done is taken away common sense yeah. Um, the referees are making decisions that are to the letter of the law w- without any sort of grey area and, and making wrong decisions yeah. through it. And um, you, you would think with the use of VAR and having that technology that that they'd be able to see what's happened correctly take the time so sometimes we don't it doesn't even seem to take that long to come to that decision um and and get it right well i mean i'm glad there's no there's also a lack of consistency across Mm -hmm. the board for decisions not just from our our point of view as as arsenal fans i think other clubs have suffered loads you know as well yeah and yeah, I I don't really know where it goes from here. I, I don't think it's going to go away, um, but they they need to find a way to to make it work. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said what you you just said. Actually, Peter Walton is the name of the um, referee that works on BT Sport. And last night he said, and I quote, he said something along the lines of, uh, "Var wasn't brought in to make correct decisions. <laughs> Var was brought in to determine whether they were." Um, um, what is the phrase they use? Um, clear and obvious. That was it. Clear, clear and, obvious. and obvious. Yeah. Val wasn't brought in to make the right decisions. It was into to determine if it was clear and obvious. Well, if that's the case, fine. But it has to be the case for every incident. You know, is a toe over the line for offside clear and obvious? Not mm. really. Not no. really. And and is there that much of an advantage? Yeah, from a toe. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, good question, Artessary. And um, as I say, do get in touch if you, you know, can, can give some um, insight into what you think is is sort of working well in, in Africa. Um, right, last question. Then we'll talk quickly about Villa. Last one from Damien, who's at Mr. Damien Coyle. He says, "How about we just get rid of the referees and VAR? Just let teams go at it, hell for leather." <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. I'm not against that either, mate. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that one. Well, there might be a, a bit of reversal in, in the league, I think, um, with yeah. positions-wise. I think you might find West Brom a little bit higher up the, yeah, you, up the you're league. Yeah, prob- you're probably right. Um, Arsenal are now top of the league, as I said in my little intro, in terms of red cards yeah. uh, and eighth in the league in terms of yellows. We're, we're not, you know, I don't know. Deep breath, close back on, let's move, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> They're right. on, they're on. They're on, they're on, yes, exactly. 
Uh, and for the live shows, mate, you're definitely going to have to keep them on. Uh, right, so we play Villa. Big game, because Villa are a game behind us uh, as it stands. I think they're playing tonight, they're playing, or tomorrow? I can't remember. Yeah, they're playing tonight. Tonight. Um, actually, let's have a quick look then whilst we're recording. At the time of recording, Aston Villa are 0-0 half-time against West Ham. That's good for us at the moment. Uh, but we play again on Saturday away at Villa, 12.30 kickoff. I've said this before, I'm sure 12.30s, we've got an awful record. Early kickoffs, we never seem to do well. And Villa beat us 3-0 last time, didn't they, at home, mm. uh, when we were in the thick of our um, sort of tough run earlier this season. There's an irony here. If Matt Ryan doesn't play, we're going to have the keeper that left us in goal at one end and the keeper that was signed to replace him at the other end. Uh, in, uh, of course, Martinez and Runasson. We're going to have no Leno and we're going to have no David Luiz. Um, it doesn't look likely that Kieran Tierney is going to be back at the moment, but right. time will tell. My big concern is not necessarily losing David Luiz because I think we've got Gabriel and um, uh, Pablo Mari, if he's back, that can do, you know, absolutely do a good job. My big concern is in goal. And if it is Runasen that plays, which, as I say, is looking likely at the minute, unfortunately, my prediction is we're going to lose. That's the level of confidence I have in him. You? I think he's, he's that bad. I really do. That yeah. we, we can't just do enough to maybe just keep them quiet enough that he hasn't got too much to do. I think with Jack Grealish, with uh, Ollie Watkins... Uh, and a number of other players that they've got. Um, and I guess the way we play is we play quite high up the pitch. We're, you know, unless we're instructed to play with a, a deeper, you know, deeper defensive line, I can see them getting in and I don't trust him enough on a one-on-one or, or 18-yard box shot situation. Just my personal view, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay. What yep. do you think? Uh, I think... Um... I think we're gonna win. I like think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna lose the game for sure. No. E- even with Runison in goal, uh, if that is the case. But incidentally, he was left out of the Europa League squad. Don't I don't know see. if you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, making way for Matt Ryan. Yeah. And also Martinelli's been drafted into that squad. Good. Uh, now yeah, there was I a think... joke about that. Sorry, I just need to. While I remember, yeah. there was a joke about that earlier, a tongue-in-cheek question. If, if uh, Runison's obviously not playing, because he's not going to be in that Europa League squad, Matt Ryan clearly has an injury on the go at the minute, who knows how long that's going to last, which would leave only Leno as the main goalkeeper. Who is our designated, the question was, who's our designated uh, on-field backup goalkeeper? Who do you think that would be? As a, a guess, because oh, that's a good question. That is a good question. I can't even credit the person who, who posed it, unfortunately. Who in the starting lineup would you say would make a good goalkeeper? Probably Saka. He can play everywhere else. <laughs> yes, love it. Of course, the obvious yeah. choice. The obvious choice. Why yeah. was he drafted into uh, into the goalkeeping position instead of Runison at the weekend? At the weekend, yesterday. Sorry. Um, yeah, interesting. I'm sure I've seen a picture of Orba with Goldie gloves on during training. Yeah, uh, well, Bamiyang does like to to play around in goal in training, doesn't he? I've, I've, I've seen him playing goal a fair bit and he's tall yeah maybe him then 
Yeah, and with those acrobatics, that he's, a, you know, he's, <laughs> he's the captain. So if that's he what is, he, you know, he might pull rank. Take that responsibility. Sorry, mate, I'm deviating away from the question there. It's just that it, it played on my mind, so I thought I'd, I'd go with it. Um, I say that. What the hell were we even talking about? We were talking about. I don't about, know. What was the question? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, well, you were saying that um, Runison's been left out of the Europa League squad. Uh, yeah. Martinelli's been drafted in and obviously playing at the weekend against Villa you're predicting a win I am I am I think we'll we'll hit back strongly with a win yeah yeah okay I do and I think the team more or less picks itself at the moment um, unless Tierney's back and fit I think he he would come in probably yeah. uh, if Lacazette is not tired. I would suggest that he keeps his place. Um, Pepe would keep his place. Saka keeps his place. I think the one player that might not is Emil Smith Rowe. Do you really? I think he'll be given a rest, and I think Odegaard will probably start. I I'm, I don't know. I can't see that. No. I, I don't know. Just to throw him in like that. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's if he's fit and and not fatigued, Emil Smith Rowe, this is keep him in because God is is you know again some of his runs with the ball yesterday were great, um, but time will tell. So we've got that Saturday and then we finally get a bit of a break because we've been knocked out of the FA Cup. Uh, we don't play again until the following Sunday against Leeds United. Right. So we'll obviously cover off that that preview of that game uh, in next week's podcast. Um, so yeah, I think we may have been waffling. For long enough now. So, unless you've got anything else you want to add? I haven't, no. Just thanks no. again to everyone that um, listens and, and contributes with questions on Twitter. Um, where can they find us, Angelo? At Blast Arsenal Pods. Yep, get involved. We read them out. We do, we do. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't have as good a podcast without those questions. Oh. Uh. Touching the heart there. You're absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, I can only echo what Diddley's saying. Thank you for the questions. Keep in touch with us. Uh, and obviously, we'll be back next week with more of Tweet of the Week. Um, which number nine? Uh, we'll have that next week. We'll also have the review of uh, the Villa match and a preview to the Leeds match next Sunday. Until then, thank you very much. And we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. You're listening to Blast from the Arsenal.